This episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast is brought to you by Inhaled Insulin. Fast in, fast out, fits your lifestyle. Hey there, welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman. The hard reality is, people with type 1 diabetes tend to be creatures of habit, and I'll group myself in that category as well. We're creatures of habit in what we eat, our daily schedules, how much insulin we take, as well as what tools we use to manage our diabetes. In some ways, these habits are really helpful for us. They help keep us safe, they make us feel comfortable, but at the same time, sometimes these habits can get so ingrained that they hold us back from both improving our quality of life and improving our diabetes management. For people with type 1 diabetes, being a creature of habit makes complete sense. When we find something that works for us, we like to stick to it. Habits make us feel comfortable. They help us to know what to expect with diabetes. And sometimes, as we know, diabetes can be all over the place, and we don't know what's going to happen next. So having a way to contain our expectations and make them more predictable can be really helpful. And when we put our habits in the context of our mental health with type 1 diabetes, it helps us take a load off both with our thoughts as well as with our emotions. Our habits help us to know what to expect and know that we can handle whatever diabetes throws our way within that context. One of my favorite books about diabetes, besides my own, is a book called Bright Spots and Landmines by a friend of mine named Adam Brown. In the book, Adam talks about how he manages his own diabetes. And what he talks about is he looks for bright spots and avoids landmines. And by doing so, he's able to keep his blood sugars and his emotional health in good shape. One of the things he talks about is every morning for breakfast, he has the same thing. Adam eats chia seed pudding. And now I'm a big fan of chia seed pudding. No doubt about it. I think it's a great breakfast. It tastes delicious. There's all kinds of different ways you can mix it up. And it's great at keeping your blood sugars really stable. For Adam, this habit kind of went beyond. Whenever he traveled, he would travel with chia seeds and actually make pudding in his hotel room. And for Adam, this is a really helpful habit because one, it took the guessing game out of what he's going to have for breakfast. It made the decision for him automatic, but also he knew exactly how much insulin he needed for the chia seed pudding. And he had a good idea about what would happen with his blood sugars. Of course, not perfect idea, but a good idea so that he could be comfortable in making sure he could do his job well and focus without having to worry about his blood sugars. So for Adam, this habit was really helpful. Also talking to Adam, we recognized that it didn't bother him one bit. Having that habit was actually a freeing thing for him because it allowed him that flexibility to focus his attention and energy on things that are more important to him than what he's having for breakfast. In this case, Adam's habit of chia seed pudding every morning for breakfast is freeing. We know that sometimes our habits with our diabetes management and the way we think about diabetes can also hold us back. And I want to talk a little bit about that right now. So how can being a creature of habit with our diabetes hold you back in your life and in your diabetes management? The first way is it keeps you rigid. Having a habit with diabetes can be helpful, but it can also be seen as a form of control. You put yourself in a pretty small box when you have a habit. For example, with Adam, he says, I don't want to have anything for breakfast but chia seed pudding. And while it wasn't a problem for him, that box is pretty small. 
So we get invited out for brunch uh, someday, and they say, well, you know, do you want pa- pancakes or waffles? He doesn't have anything to choose from. But at the same time, it really prevents you from trying something new. And those the habits, if, if they get too ingrained and you become too rigid in them, they make it hard for you to go outside of your comfort zone, to go outside of that small box, and to expand your horizons with your diabetes, both with your behavior and also with your diabetes management. We can be rigid in a lot of different ways. We can be rigid with our diabetes management behaviors, so we can be rigid with our activities, and we can be rigid with the types of foods that we eat. The other part that can be challenging with our habits around diabetes, if you get too ingrained in your habits around your diabetes management, especially the technology and the tools that you're using, there may be other tools in a diabetes management toolbox that could be helpful for you. There are lots of innovative tools out there to manage your diabetes right now. And my goal is to make sure that you are aware of all of them and that if possible, you have them all in your toolbox. Not only will it help you to manage your diabetes better, but also help you to feel better and have the freedom and flexibility to use different tools in your toolbox when it's appropriate. Simply put, habits work both ways. Sometimes habits can be really helpful in making sure our lives with diabetes are predictable, in making sure we have limited choices, in making sure we're able to move in the direction that we want to go. But on the other hand, your habits may be holding you back from doing things in your life that you really want to be doing, whether it's eating different foods or trying new activities, or by managing your diabetes in a new and innovative way. As technology continues to expand and as the tools that we have continue to grow, we want to make sure that you have the flexibility to move out of your habit when it's appropriate to be able to use those tools to your advantage. So in this episode of the podcast, I want to help you move beyond the familiar and help you see that it's possible to have habits that are healthy while at the same time expanding your horizons and finding new and innovative ways that can be so helpful for you in managing your diabetes. So on that note, let's get to it. The truth of the matter is, our diabetes management toolbox works for us, up until it doesn't. The diabetes management toolbox that's available to all of us is changing so rapidly, and it's so exciting. First of all, the technology. Over the past 10 years, CGM technology has taken off. We've moved from having to prick our finger three or four times a day to having the ability to look at our phones and see our blood sugars every five minutes, not to mention being alerted when our blood sugar is out of range by this technology in a very efficient way. And we've even gotten to the point right now where this technology can predict what's going to happen for your blood sugar in the next half hour. This technology has advanced to a place where CGM data is not only able to tell you where your blood sugar is right now, but also tell you where it's going to be going in the future. That's pretty incredible. Then we have insulin pumps. Up until a couple of years ago, only pumped insulin. And now, using an algorithm, they integrate with your CGM, allowing you a lot more flexibility and allowing you a much more hands-off approach. The diabetes technology that we have available to us is tremendous. I know that many of you have or are thinking about adopting this technology and you are excited to see the impact that it's going to have on both your diabetes management and on your quality of life. 
So aside from technology, there's a lot of other tools in your toolbox that are available to you. For example, uh, there are new types of insulin and insulin delivery methods. So while traditionally we've always used insulin that's been injected into our body as a way of managing diabetes, now there is an insulin on the market that you can inhale as a way of managing your blood sugar. And lots of really innovative ways to use this insulin, whether it's the only rapid-acting insulin that you use or whether it's a tool in your toolbox that you use when your blood sugars are high or you're going to be eating a high-carb meal. But without a willingness to be flexible and get out of your habit of how you manage your diabetes, these tools become inaccessible. And I want to make sure that you know about them and that they are as accessible as possible to you for both your physical and your mental health. Let me ask you this question. What if being a creature of habit keeps you stuck in a treatment regimen for your diabetes that's simply not working for you anymore? Maybe it worked for you in the past, but you've gotten to a point where you're having trouble managing your blood sugars and you just need more tools. But you're hesitant. You're hesitant because you know you're a creature of habit. And while you want better blood sugars, you're scared. You're scared to take that leap to try something new, whether it's new medication, a new type of insulin, or a new technology. But you think about it, but the anxiety that you feel is also great. So where do you go from there? I want to make sure that you have all the tools that you need. And sometimes it can be really helpful to hear stories from other people with diabetes about how they have been able to effectively use new tools in their diabetes management toolbox to help them manage their blood sugars in different situations, as well as to increase their flexibility and their quality of life, even with diabetes along for the ride. And I hope that you are open to expanding your toolbox in whatever way is going to be most helpful for you and your diabetes management. So to wrap up, I want to give you three tips about how you can expand your diabetes management toolbox. Tip number one, do your research. In order to know what's out there, you have to do your research to see not only what sorts of tools are available to you, but to be able to think about what tools are right for you. And there's no other way to do that than to look into it. Ask your doctor, ask other people with diabetes what they've been doing, and read on the internet. There's no shortage of information about new diabetes management tools out there. And of course, I'm always happy to answer questions, so feel free to send me a message if you have any questions about diabetes management tools and how you can use them as you work to improve your emotional health with diabetes. Tip number two. I want to normalize that change in diabetes is challenging. We develop habits for a reason. We want to feel safe. And when we think about moving outside of those habits to new ways of thinking, new ways of being, new ways of behaving, and especially new ways of managing our diabetes, it can be really scary. And I want to normalize that for you. If you want to expand your toolbox, but you feel like your anxiety and your worry may be holding you back, know that that's completely normal. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you, and it doesn't mean that you can't expand your toolbox. But I hope that by helping you to see that your experience with change and getting out of your habits with your diabetes management is normal, that can empower you to see that it's possible for you to make changes and to make your diabetes management toolbox even bigger and more effective. Tip number three, I want you to ask yourself this question. 
let's imagine that you make your diabetes toolbox bigger than it is and you add some more tools. Now think ahead five years from now. I want you to think about how life could be better for you and what your future self would thank you for. I find that thinking about our future selves, what they'd be mad at us for and what they would thank us for is a helpful way of making decisions now. It can be helpful in terms of moving past our habits and thinking about making our diabetes management toolbox bigger than it is right now. And by adding tools to our diabetes management toolbox. Because if our future self would thank us for it and tell you what they're able to do in their lives five years from now because you made that choice right now, that can really help you to think differently about your habits and see how it's possible to change and the benefit that they can have. So to recap, your three tips for expanding your diabetes management toolbox. Tip number one, make sure you do your research. You can't make changes and you can't add your toolbox unless you know what tools are available to you and how they might help you. So there's no substitute for research. Number two, realize that your discomfort with change and changing your habits, especially around your diabetes management, may be uncomfortable and that's okay. But just because you're uncomfortable doesn't mean you can't make changes. And tip number three, ask your future self what they would thank you for. And if they would thank you for moving outside of a habit that you have right now that may be holding you back, that would allow you to potentially have better blood sugars, to feel better, and to be more flexible in your life with your food, with your behavior, with your activities, then you may want to consider expanding that toolbox. That does it for this episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do me a favor. Share it with a friend. Put the link in an email or text message and share it with someone who could benefit from it. And of course, I always love hearing from my listeners. So please feel free to send me a DM on Instagram at the Diabetes Psychologist or send me an email to mark at thediabetespsychologist.com. And of course, be sure to tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode of the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. Remember, type 1 diabetes is not easy, but you can have an easier time with it. And I'll see you next week, same time, same place. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening. For more resources, you can visit www.thediabetespsychologist.com and be sure to sign up for the email list for access to exclusive content. I'm Dr. Mark Heyman, and tune in next time for the latest episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. Podcast.